When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. No Joe tonight, though. It is Amber and Rob Guerrero. You can find him on social at Stats on Fire. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Rob, are you a big Pokemon guy? I am not, but I have to say, this is the second straight day I've done this show. You take a beating in these opens. (laughs) Well, first of all, that is a theme. You are, you are correct. That is just a theme generally in my radio life. But also those guys in the morning when I'm on the morning show and I'm on the morning show again tomorrow. So if you don't get enough of Amber Wilson tonight, don't worry. Tune in bright and early and you'll get some more of her. But those guys in the morning, yeah, they're rough. They're they rough on they me. pull no punches. That's uh, You got to be on your toes there. I like that you called in and defended yourself the other day. If you're, if you're going to get constant criticism, you might as well give it back a little bit. Absolutely. So Pokemon, neither of us Pokemon people here, but we're both progressive insurance people. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance, looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Another day, Rob, another day talking about Damian Lillard. Uh, This is like the new Aaron Rodgers, right? Where Every offseason, we talk about Damian Lillard. He never actually goes anywhere. We just talk about him forever. Now, this offseason feels like he's going somewhere. He has, in fact, requested a trade. We have developments, finally, when it comes to Damian Lillard. And yet, day after day after day after day, and nothing's actually happening. Now, we have more rumors today and more reports today. And now we're hearing that Damian Lillard's agent is calling other teams and telling them, don't bother trading for my client because he's going to be very unhappy if you do. He wants to go to Miami. And that's an agent doing agent things, right? That's what you want your agent to do. If you know your guy wants to go to one spot, it's your job to do everything you can to get him there. But uh, I, I was reading this article that Woj put out, and I have to say, to me, it reads very much like something that the Blazers would want out there, right? Like there's there's lines in the article about, hey, you know what? They may just hang on to him, and they may just keep Damian Lillard into training camp, and maybe a team like Utah comes along and puts together, get out of here. You're not going to scare Pat Riley into bidding against himself. I think that everybody knows he's going to wind up with the Heat, and the Blazers are trying to get Miami to sweeten the pot a little bit. You understand that from the Blazers' perspective, they want to get the most in return that they can for Dame, and so they're not going to just acquiesce immediately to this trade idea when he has told the whole world he wants to go to Miami. We also understand, though, how this works. And the reality of how it works, Rob, is that the dude ends up in Miami, right? Like the superstar, when he says, I want to go to Team X, and it's the only team on his list, he ends up going to Team X. Because who the heck else is going to put an offer on the board that's so much better than Miami when they know Damian Lillard doesn't want to be there? Nobody wants the disgruntled guy that you just traded away a whole bunch of assets for on your team. What if he doesn't bother showing up? What if he doesn't give you 
you his full effort? What does that mean for the future? This is a player locked in under contract for years to come, a player that you'd be relying on to win a championship because anybody trading for him would be in a win-now sort of situation. You make a good point, though, when you talk about the perspective that maybe Woj is coming from a bit. We know how this game works, right? Of course, the Blazers are feeding information to certain people. Of course, Damian Lillard's camp is bleeding, is is feeding information to certain people. That's how this whole thing works in the NBA. And so from the Damian Lillard perspective, they're trying to scare off everybody. <laughs> and they're trying to make it very well known where he wants to go in hopes that that's the semblance of control you exercise. Because otherwise, he doesn't theoretically have the control. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. But from the Blazers' perspective, there's only so much of that control you can flex. Because you also don't want to come out looking like the bad guy when the dude has given you everything, including every ounce of loyalty over the last 11 years. Yeah, and I, I think the Blazers, everybody's doing what they should do. Everyone's looking out for their interests. And that doesn't make anybody the bad guy. Damian Lillard and his team should try to do what they want to do to get to Miami and the Blazers should look around and try and stir up interest and try and get the heat to maybe up their offer from what might be on the table right now. That's all fine. Nobody's the bad guy in this instance, but also I think we can look at things critically and figure out like, hey, does this hold water or read between the lines and say what's really going on? Brian Winhorse, ESPN's NBA insider, was on ESPN radio earlier, and he said that a Lillard contract extension doesn't give him the leverage that otherwise he would have had. Dame is not naive. He's been in the league a long time. He knows. So when he signed that contract and he didn't get the no trade clause, you have to understand that that would be out there. And so anybody who trades for Dame knows that you'd be getting him for four years. And that is why I think there is a possibility, as Woj kind of hints at in the story that he wrote today, that another team could do it. Because if you get Dame, he's under contract for four years. It's not like Kawhi Leonard who can walk in a year. So he is under contract, no matter what you do, if you end up getting him. Also, he's under contract right now for the Portland Trailblazers, and that's the reality of it. And so, yes, not getting a no-trade clause certainly gives up a little bit of that power in theory, Rob, but I think in reality, it's slightly different than that. There's a reason that only one player in the entire association has a no-trade clause, because really, those superstars frankly, don't need them anymore. Right, because in order to get a no-trade clause in your contract, you're going to have to give up something. And I think agents look at it like, well, let's forget that. We have a no-trade clause anyway because we'll just say where we want to go. And keep in mind, you know, Damian Lillard is getting a $60 million annual average when he's 35 and 36 years old. You're not trading for a guy that's number one, disgruntled, number two, expensive, and number three, old. So Mm -hmm. if he didn't want to go there, he ain't going there. That's true. I mean, and... It's maybe different when you're talking about some of these young players. Like any piece coming back, like a Tyler Hero is going to be the piece that's going back in a Damian Lillard trade. Whether it's to Portland or whether it's to somewhere else, that's the best asset that Miami has to trade. And Tyler Hero is clearly upset about it. And of course you would be because first of all, there's this movement out there right now on frankly even our airwaves, but seemingly everywhere where for whatever reason everyone's kind of discounting the contributions there of Tyler Hero. That's got to be frustrating. But then second 
second of all, you might end up on the move and you're going to have to uproot your entire family and you just had two babies. And, you know, there's a lot to that when you have spent your entire career, given a very short career, but you've spent the last four years in Miami. He's a very, very young player, though. So, yes, he may be initially disgruntled when he ends up somewhere like Brooklyn or if he ends up in Portland. But when you're 23 years old, you're thinking we can get him undisgruntled, right? <laughs> like he'll have an Gruntled. opportunity, right? Like, and he's also not at that superstar level. He won sixth man of the year. He's a nice player. He's a piece that a lot of teams would like, but it's not insane money. And it's certainly not going to look insane in a few years under the new salary cap and also a young player. And so sure he moves initially. He's upset about it. He gets settled in. It starts gelling. It's a whole different ball game. He shows up, he goes to work. That's not how this works with these older players and these vets and the guys with names like Damian Lillard. It's a lot more concerning if you're trading for a Damian Lillard and he doesn't want to be on your team. So there's disgruntled players all the time when they get traded, but what you don't want is a disgruntled superstar on your team. And that's what we're talking about. And that's why the superstar now feels like, frankly, they don't need to sign the no trade clause. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Rob Guerrero filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. Is the in-season NBA tournament a good idea? We'll get into that. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. One is excited to see the moves of Weminyanma tomorrow night in Summer League. His game is sold out, Rob, sold out. Some of the tickets were going for upwards of six, $700 to see Wemby play in a Spurs uniform. I mean, it's wild. For a Summer League game. Right. It doesn't even <laughs> like We're going to see him. It doesn't count. <laughs> like We're going to see him in the regular season, people. Uh, but that's wild. I guess if you were... It, 
listen, I guess if you couldn't wait and you were that motivated to see him immediately, maybe also the whole Las Vegas component of this makes it a little bit more fun to attend. But uh, there will be a lot of people attending Wemby's debut there with the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know if Britney Spears is going to be one of those people because things got weird in Las Vegas. As you know, things often get weird in Las Vegas. In Vegas, apparently, Britney Spears she either grabbed Wemby. There's conflicting reports, whether she grabbed Wemby or whether she tapped him on the shoulder to try to get his attention. Either way, his security detail did not appreciate her trying to touch the young rookie superstar. And so they pushed the pop star away. This now becomes a big story. She files a police report. Here is Victor Wembanyama, San Antonio Spurs at his press conference addressing what happened with Britney Spears. I didn't see what happened because I was walking straight and we told don't stop. But that person grabbed me from behind, not on my shoulder. She grabbed me from behind, and uh, so I, I just know that the security pushed her away. I don't know with how with how much force though, but uh, security pushed her away. I didn't stop to, to look, so I didn't know for a couple hours. When I came back to the hotel, I, I mean I didn't forget about it, but I, knew, I, I thought it was no big deal. And the, the security of this person me was a uh, Britney Spears. So I was first I was like, uh, no, you, you're joking, but yeah, it turns out it was Britney Spears. You know? <laughs> but uh, I didn't know because I didn't see her. I never saw her face. Apparently, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department issued a statement to the LA Times saying that officers responded to a quote-unquote battery investigation at the address that this incident took place or alleged incident. They, of course, would not say that they were responding to this specific incident. Britney Spears filed a police report claiming that she was struck by Wemby's security details. She went on to say, I have yet to get a public apology from the player. His security or their organization. I hope that I will. What do you make of all of this drama happening in Las Vegas? I mean, this is a crazy story. I, I, I mean, don't really, it, it's really, it's a crazy way to start your career. Like who had that on the bingo card? Right. Of Wendy, like maybe allegedly his security detail slapping Britney Spears in the face. It's weird to me that she says she tapped him on the shoulder and he specifically says not the shoulder that she grabbed me. I don't know how she could tap him on the shoulder. She's five, four, he's seven, four. That's not, it's not possible. I, I think by I mean, maybe she stood on, like, could she have stood on a ladder? Was there a ladder nearby? And then she stood on the ladder. It's weird that he also said grabbed me on the shoulder, though. So they both said it was some sort of contact with his shoulder. How is that possible if it was her? I mean, I don't, I don't know what to, to believe in this whole situation. But if someone, if you're someone's security detail and a person comes out of nowhere and grabs them, I mean, they're not checking to see who it is before they take action. I guess. You know who Britney Spears is. Who doesn't know who Britney Spears is? He might Rob? not. He's 19. When's the last time Britney Spears had a hit? I mean, are his security guards 19? Well, I think? would hope not. I mean, I, I would hope know. that he's got somebody maybe a little bit old. I guess you're right. I mean, it, you, listen, she doesn't make music anymore, but I still think she's somebody who is so, so, so famous that most people do recognize her. I would imagine the security deals, detail had to have realized, but also, wouldn't she have had security detail with her? That's, a That's good also question. strange. Like, why is her security detail not engaging with his security detail? And also, why wouldn't it have been obvious that she was famous if she's walking around with a big security detail, even if you didn't recognize who Britney Spears was? This whole story is as weird in Las Vegasy and Summer League-y as it gets. Because, because really, 
I, I don't know where to go with it or what to make of it. And it shouldn't be funny if there was an actual battery involved. I'm not trying to minimize the situation by any means. It does seem like nobody was was truly hurt here uh, at the end, but we'll see what ends up coming of this. Obviously, she was so disturbed by whatever incident took place that she did go ahead and file a police report. So, so something happened there, at least in, in her mind, that certainly was disturbing when it came to his uh, security details. So we'll see. What ends up coming of this? A weird way for Wemby uh, to kick off his career. But listen, he is a huge superstar before he's even picked up a basketball in a Spurs jersey. And this is more proof of that, I guess, when you uh, have drama with Britney Spears. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So the NBA is instituting an in-season tournament, Rob. And I find this to be wholly uninteresting in every way. I mean, I just like miss me with this entirely. I guess you're going to be playing division rivals during the beginning of the tournament. So these would be counted as regular season games. They will go towards your record. And then there's going to be this quote unquote final four in Las Vegas. And if you win the final four, the players get more money, something like a half a million bucks. And I guess you get a trophy ultimately, but I don't believe those games count towards your actual record. And I'm not sure anything else comes of it other than, Hey, congratulations. We won an in-season tournament again, zero interest in this as a fan. Yeah, I think it's the league's way to try to get people to have more interest in just regular season games. The players, they get they each player on the team gets a half million dollars for the winning team. So I could see them caring a little more about it, but I don't see the coaches saying we got to make sure our stars are playing cuz it's the in-season tournament. And as a fan, for me sitting here, I don't care who wins the thing. It doesn't there's nothing in it for me. Like if if the team that won got like a an extra home game the next year or something or like home field advantage or home court advantage in the NBA finals, I don't know, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Then there would be a rooting interest in it for me the fan. But if it's just more money for the players, what the hell do I care? I I I have yeah, I can't care. I mean, I realize that they're doing this because it's an 82 game season. It's a long season. Really probably they should shorten the season to get viewership and more interest for each and every single game and the players to care about each and every single game more. They're not going to do that because that would, of course, take money away from everybody. Owners and players alike, they want the sponsorships. They want the seats, the people in the seats. They want everything that comes with an 82-game season. So what do they do? They try to take a page out of International Soccer Book here and they put an in-season tournament to try to spice things up and make it more interesting. This is this is not the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament has been a wild success there in the NBA. And so maybe Silver's getting a little bit ahead of himself here thinking, oh, I can do it again. I can create magic with any old tournament here in the NBA. This in-season tournament is not at all the same thing. At least with the play-in tournament, there's the postseason on the line. There's all the motivation in the world for fans and for players alike. The in-season tournament, maybe the players have some motivation because of a half a million bucks. I don't see any motivation for the fans. There's no part of me that's going to say, oh, well, sure, the Heat didn't win the NBA title once again, but at least we got that in-season tournament win. Imagine trying to use that in an argument. You get laughed out of the room. (laughs) I mean, don't worry. Like, if the Heat win it, I totally will try to use that here at some point. I'm 100%. That's something I would do. But I will get laughed at when I do because no one's taking it seriously. Just do, like, throw an extra ping pong ball in the lottery or something. Give them some sort of tangible reward other than just money. They already have money. 
Right. So, or some reward for the fan as well. Like yes. something has to be on the line for the fan other than bragging rights about this in-season tournament when we know the bragging rights that matter are, you know, the actual championships that your team is trying to win. Right. I mean, even conference championships, frankly, people tend to minimize because what does it matter if you've won the East a bunch of times? What matters is how many times you've actually won the NBA title, right? But a conference championship, you can still feel decent. About. Like, I still feel good about the Heat, obviously, winning the East this season. An in-season championship is so completely invented and made up. I mean, who cares? I, I, it, I, they're trying to bring that March Madness style to an in-season tournament that does work well, again, with the play-in tournament. But without the stakes being the same, it's just, I don't think, going to amount to much. I don't think that this thing pans out for the NBA, but we will see it this upcoming season. Next, we're going to head out to the NBA Summer League. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Back here on Joe and Amber. No Joe tonight. Rob Guerrera hanging out, filling in. Find him on social at Stats on Fire. You can find me as well at Amber W Sport. So it is summer league season. And that means a lot this go around because it means the debut of Wemby tomorrow night. Everybody has been waiting to see him in a Spurs uniform. The wait is over. Let's bring in somebody to talk about that and all things NBA. Andre Snelling's and senior writer joining us. And Dre, we know tickets for Wemby's debut, some of them going for like six, seven hundred bucks. It's a sellout tomorrow night. What do you think we should be realistically expecting, though, from this debut? <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. At, at Summer League, the, the closest I've seen to this in recent years was uh, Zion's debut in 2019. And I was out here for that, too. And you only really got a quarter of Zion. But in that quarter... I think you got maybe four or five dunks, um, including probably the highlight of the tournament when he took the ball from Kevin Knox and dunked on him and, you know, kind of flexed like I'm here. And then, of course, 20 minutes later, there was an earthquake. And, and everybody said it was a Zion quake. And even in the NBA, it was an NBA quake because uh, that very same night was the night that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers. So that, that was like a everything happens kind of night. I feel like with Wimby's debut, the potential is for that. That he comes out, that he makes, you know, a handful of highlight plays like nobody else that we've seen recently would be able to do. Um, you know, in his case, he's 7'5". And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. The description was like, for those old enough, on defense, he kind of plays like Manute Bowl if he had quick lateral speed. And then on offense, he's supposed to play kind of like a taller Kevin Durant. So – if he's able to, you know, knock down a couple threes, block some shots that we don't normally see blocked, um, maybe uh, handle the ball and, and get out on a guard, uh, those type of plays, things that are just like, ooh, that's what I'm looking for tomorrow is the, the ooh plays, the things that we see from him that we shouldn't see from anybody else. How much, let's say he goes out and lights it up, Dre, how much does the summer league carry over into the regular season? Like, is it what's the competition level compared to a regular regular season game? Yeah, so it's obviously different. Um, but what one thing I will say: doing good in a summer league game does not necessarily mean that you'll have a great rookie season. But players that are ready to have great rookie seasons typically can do well in the summer league. So 
if you know if, if if I see him out there tomorrow and he goes for four points and three rebounds and he's getting pushed all around the court and you know that wouldn't that'd be a bad sign obviously but if if he's out there and he you know scores 40 with with 17 rebounds I wouldn't necessarily think oh this is what he's going to do in the NBA game but it would be like oh yeah this guy's ready you know so a big game typically connotes somebody that's ready especially if it's in a player in his case with that kind of pedigree anyway that we're really hoping that, that he's ready to put on that type of show Andre Snellings ESPN senior writer joining us here on Joe and Amber Rob Guerrero filling in for Joe tonight so all the headlines are being stolen by Wemby's debut but what else are you looking forward to seeing out there in Vegas and I, I mean like on the, on the basketball court right <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show um, no I I'm absolutely looking forward to so if not for Wimby Mania, there are some excellent prospects in this rookie class. So um, the the debut game tomorrow, he's playing against Charlotte. So I do want to see Brandon Miller uh, up, up close and, and see. So he he's the number two overall pick, and he looked excellent, but he had some questions as far as physicality and being able to finish. So in his case, I will be looking to see how he finishes in traffic against this level of competition. Um, the day after, or I'm sorry, the, the, the game before is uh, Scoot Henderson, the number three overall pick from this year's draft. He would have been a number one pick in a lot of years. I want to see what he looks like. And, and in summer league, a lot of times it's the on-ball lead guard types that can really put on a show. And I just have a, a feeling that Scoot Henderson, he has the game, but he also has the personality. I don't know that he loves getting overshadowed by Wimby the way that he is, and the two of them played uh, in, a, in a game a couple months ago, and both of them put on a show. So I, I want to see what Scoot looks like out here. And, and, and just from top to bottom, all 30 NBA teams are playing here. So I want to see what the Oklahoma City Thunder squad looks like. That, um, Chet Holmgren, he's supposed to be back. You know, there's a lot of action with young players on the basketball court. They should shape both this season and the future of the NBA. And I get to see the start of that uh, by, by being here in person. You mentioned Chet Holmgren. I was just about to ask about him because I feel like he was the tall, big man that could shoot a little bit that we were all talking about a year ago. Supposedly, he's added some weight. Um, what do you make of Chet Holmgren coming back, and do you think he's a possibility to steal the uh, Rookie of the Year from Wemby? It's possible. So the, the thing with Holmgren, um, you're right. He, he, he was getting hype last year. He was a potential number one overall pick. But there were like three of them that were battling, and so he was kind of one of three. And then the the Thunder was kind of stolen last year at the Summer League by Keegan Murray, the fourth overall pick. And and that did kind of uh, catapult him to his all-rookie uh, team rookie season. And I think he's, he's been playing in the Summer League in Sacramento. Last night he had like 43 points or something. So he, he's one that's kind of too good for Summer League. With Chet Holmgren, with him being a second – so – it's second year since he's been drafted. He was hurt all of last season. But what I just said, too good for summer league. I want to see if that's where Chet Holmgren is. Because second-year players that are ready to make a mark in the NBA, uh, that's what I call them. They're, they're too good for summer league. You see them out here, they're able to do whatever they want. They're able to get wherever they want on the floor. And a perfect example, I'm looking, I'm sitting at Thomason back. I'm looking at, uh, they've got a, a billboard up of, of Giannis. And uh I remember going, what was that, 2014, 15? I remember going to watch the, the Bucks against the Jazz, 
and it was supposed to be the number two overall pick, Jabari Parker, against the number three overall pick, Dante Exum. But both teams had these second-year guys that were little heard of. And the, the game, watching it, it was Giannis Antetokounmpo against Rudy Gobert. And the two of them were just way too good for the summer league. That's what I want to see from Chet Holmgren. Is he ready to be that? If he's ready to be that, then, yeah, he might be able to challenge um, um, Wimbanyama. Not if Wimbanyama's all that they claim he'll be. But, you know, Holmgren could at least put together what would normally be a rookie, uh, rookie of the year caliber campaign. And uh, if so, then the Thunder will be very happy. Andre Snellings, ESPN senior writer, joining us here on Joe and Amber. Dre, I am so proud of us. How long have we gotten into this interview without <laughs> saying the name Damian Lillard? Uh, this is a record. Right? I mean, this is a, it's coming, though. Don't you worry. It is coming, Dre. We got the word today that Damian Lillard's agent is apparently trying to fend off other teams. He's warning them to not trade for the superstar because he'll be disgruntled anywhere but Miami. The drama. Right. The drama, Andre, and yet nothing's actually happened. What do you make so far of where we're at with this Damian Lillard saga? I'm sure you hated that update. They're, they're trying <laughs> no, to I loved it. I loved every Miami. moment of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Like, Lillard has always been one that leads, you know, with his heart's on his sleeve or whatever. For years, that was in Portland. He let us know during the regular season when they said, well, if you were to be traded, where would you want to go? I'm sorry, it was in the playoffs. And he laughed, like, obviously Miami. You know, from that point on, it's been clear he wants to get to Miami. Now, obviously, he just signed this super max extension for multiple years, and, and he's been the franchise guy in Portland. So Portland wants to get value for him, which would mean, you know, uh, talking to all 29 other teams. But he wants to go to Miami. His agent, you know, from what you're describing, uh, is making it very clear. And he's doing everything he can to get there. And if he goes there, I'm sure Miami does not want to trade either Bam or Jimmy Butler. So if they're able to get that nucleus, almost no matter what else they give up, um, uh, I'm sure Amber Wilson's going to be happy uh, uh, all season because that, that, that's the kernel of a championship-caliber squad. But, you know, Portland and, and the Trailblazers and the Trailblazers fans and the rest of the NBA all want to see uh, more given up than probably Miami has outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam. So, you know, the saga continues. It, it's not going to, I don't think, end necessarily anytime soon. But both sides are, are, are playing their cards. They're doing their power play. And uh, I guess we'll see how it ends up. Portland, Tyler Hero. He's better than you're thinking, okay? Put some respect <laughs> on the former sixth man of the year. Andre Snellings, ESPN senior writer. Thanks, Ray. Uh, I'll thanks talk to you tomorrow me. morning, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Gonna, I'll be there. There you go. You'll be there. So will I. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, time to rank some stuff. You know how we do here on ESPN Radio. Which coaches' seats in the NFL are the hottest heading into the season? We'll do that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Bob Guerrero filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. You know what we love to do on sports radio? We love to list things, and especially we love to rank things. So let's go ahead and get to it. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank'em. 
the top five coaches on the hot seat. Number five. The number five coach on the hot seat as we head into the 2023 NFL season is Mike McCarthy, Rob, with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, some people would have him higher than five on the list because you are talking about a coach that has certainly underperformed there during his tenure in Dallas and also a coach that got rid of his OC. He will be running the offense and it will all be very squarely on his shoulder. So we will not just be talking about Mike McCarthy clock management. We will be talking about everything when it comes to how Mike McCarthy is conducting himself and his coordinators won't be there to buffer the fall. However, it's the Dallas Cowboys and it's Jerry. And as many things as you can say about Jerry Jones as an owner, that man is loyal. I mean, we have seen it with coaches. He gives them chance after chance after chance that maybe we don't expect. Some people insult him for it. Some people say, well, if you're a, 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 a yes guy and you do what Jerry wants, then he's going to keep you around. If you put up with Jerry being in the spotlight, he's going to keep you around. I think that we almost minimize the fact, though, that Jerry is giving these coaches a real opportunity to take their time because sometimes these organizations are so quick to punt on coaches and they feel like they have zero job security. And so I do think he actually maybe gets a little bit of credit for that, for allowing these guys time to develop. However, Mike McCarthy is going to be out of time, but because of that loyalty, I don't have him as one on this list. The best thing that happened to Mike McCarthy is that Sean Payton got hired by the Broncos because Sean Payton is the guy that Jerry Jones has wanted to hire forever. He can't do that now, so that might have bought McCarthy some time, but I agree. Another early loss in the playoffs, and he's going to have to start sweating. Number four. Number four is Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, he's a coach that doesn't come in higher on this list because he's only in his second year of a five-year contract. A five-year contract should equate to some sort of job security if you're only in your second year of it. However, we know how the Glazer family works, and they have not been historically a family that is patient at all with rebuilds or with coaches. Raheem Morris was fired after one year and 10 wins. Lovey Smith was fired after cleaning up that Greg Schiano mess and tripling that team's win total in his second season. There may not be a place for him to go if things don't work out here with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's under a one-year contract. Is he the answer there? Is Kyle Trask the answer? Go Gators. We'll find no. out. The Tampa Bay Bucks obviously huge shoes to fill. That was a very quick no from you, Rob. I'm, no I'm chance. Offended. I'm offended. Zero chance. No, no. Maybe Kyle Trask is the next Tom Brady. How do you know? Oh God. <laughs> he was I'll, great in college, man. I I'll take that bet. Um, no, but it's very hard for Todd Bowles. It's very hard to be the guy that takes over after you sort of go all in for your championship, and then you have to coach the team that's left. The credit card bill always comes due, and unfortunately for Todd Bowles, he's the one that has to pay it now. Enough with the Kyle Trask stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to make it a thing, James. They didn't give him enough opportunities last season. It was ridiculous. We'll see if he gets them this season. Number three. Dennis Allen, speaking of coordinators who were great coordinators, but on the hot seat now as head coaches, just like Todd Bowles, I consider Dennis Allen on that list as well. You literally had your GM and Mickey Loomis had to come out and say, yes, Dennis Allen is coming back. Like he is, he is still coaching the New Orleans Saints. That long-term job security doesn't feel like it's there. They have to make true noise in the NFC South. It can be a good defense, which we know Dennis Allen can put together. But with Derek Carr, you've got to see a good offense or at least a decent offense. I'm not saying the Saints have to win championships, but you can't feel great 
about his job security there in New Orleans. What is the direction in New Orleans? Is any Saints fan really pumped up about Derek Carr coming in? I just feel like they they were rudderless since Sean Payton left. The whole Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill weirdness there with what's going on at the quarterback position. I think the Saints are just... This is like a bridge coach and a bridge season for them until they move on to whatever their next era is going to be. Number two. Number two NFL coach on the hot seat as we head into this 2023-24 season is Josh McDaniels. It was a mess in Las Vegas this last season. It's feeling like Josh McDaniels is just cursed as a head coach. Another hell of a coordinator but maybe some people just aren't built to be head coaches. And we all thought it would be different this time around. He's older. He learned from his past mistakes. In total, that man has 11 wins in his last 30 games as an NFL head coach. In Vegas last season, only six wins in his debut season in Vegas. Then he ran his quarterback out of town. You can't run your quarterback out of town. And Derek Carr, the man who's been with that organization forever, and the your seat not get hot if it goes as poorly for you this season, whether Jimmy Garoppolo is injured or not at the beginning of season of the season, as it did last season. I know Josh McDaniel's resume as a head coach previously probably shouldn't follow him here, but the reality is I think it does. It feels like he'll get this season. If it's a mess again, Rob, he'll be out. It has to follow him. Look, everything goes into the stew when you're making these determinations. And that's what Josh McDaniels does, right? He trades the quarterback that he inherits right away. He did it in Vegas, and now he's doing it with, you know, he did it in Denver with Jay Cutler. So that's apparently what he does, and it's been bad for Josh McDaniels, and there's no sign of him actually being able to turn it around. So I agree with you there. Number one. My number one coach on the hot seat as we head into this season is Brandon Staley. And the reason he comes in at number one is he's a coach, Rob, that I feel like has been on the hot seat now for quite some time. I mean, in the 2022 season, there was all the whispers and the rumors as we headed into that season about his job security. He survives. Now, traditionally, the ownership there. Not necessarily the biggest spenders of the world and moving on from that contract or trying to go all in on a new head coach when you have to pay out the old head coach, maybe not the move from an ownership perspective, but he'll be another year into this contract. We know about the issues with the going forward on the fourth down, some of the risky moves that he makes as a coach. Some of it quite literally with Brandon Staley, it comes down to coaching and you have a remarkable quarterback. Everybody's in on that quarterback. It's never going to be helpful when you've hit on the quarterback in the draft and you don't actually see results in the win-loss column. I think his seat is incredibly hot. It's been incredibly hot for a long time. And if that ownership group was more willing to spend the money, frankly, I think he would have already been gone. Yeah, some owners don't like to pay people not to work for them. That's what you have to do if you fire Staley. But I agree. When you're seen as holding back your quarterback as a head coach, that is never a good look. His records aren't terrible on paper, but I feel like there is a feeling with Brandon Staley that he should have done more with what he has. That's 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 the rub of having the talent, right? Like when you have so much talent, when you have a quarterback that everybody believes in, and Justin Herbert, 
then all of a sudden the seat under you gets incredibly hot because you have to do something with that talent. There is no excuses. There's no fall guys. That's a theme on my list here of the lack of fall guys. Like Mike McCarthy has the lack of fall guy now in Calamore, right? You have Josh McDaniels with the lack of fall guy in Derek Carr. You have Brandon Staley also with the lack of fall guy just in the respect that you have Justin Herbert at the helm of your team there. And also a team loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. And so it has to go better than it has because of where the expectations are. So all of these teams certainly have expectations as they go into the season. That team loaded with talent, though, has more expectations than most. Todd Bowles' hot seat is hot for a different reason than Brandon Staley's. The expectation for Staley should be that we're talking about them being true contenders in a postseason. Coming up next, we go back to the Damian Lillard drama. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 